This is Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. It's powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com slash masters. Hey, entrepreneurs, my name is Felix, and I'm the host of the Shopify Masters podcast. Each week, we put out podcast interviews with successful e-commerce entrepreneurs or experts to give you inspiration, motivation, and actionable tips to increase your traffic and sales so your store can generate the sales you need to live the life you want. In the last episode, we heard from Christine Chang and Sarah Lee about how they got free publicity by being thought leaders and talking about the future of their industry. On today's episode, you'll learn from an entrepreneur that launched a YouTube channel that has grown to nearly 3 million subscribers. In this episode, you'll learn the difference between self-employment and being a business owner, why freedom is tough to manage, and how to sell without selling. Today, I'm joined by Alex Icon from LuxyHair.com, that's L-U-X-Y-H-A. IR.com. Luxy Hair is your clip-in hair extension store is offering luxurious quality, 100% Remy Human hair clip-in extensions at an unbeatable price. And we started in 2010 and based out of Toronto. Welcome, Alex. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So tell us a little bit more about your store and what are some of the most popular products that you sell? Yeah, I guess, well, our story starts, you know, we're one of the, I guess, I think, I think we're store number 4,000 or something like that on Shopify. So we're there early days, but uh, when we first built our store, it wasn't even on Shopify, it was just on WordPress. <laughs> so it was just like a very simple template and I kind of put it together myself. But it all started with, I guess, the idea of wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I think to that definition is having freedom over my life and what to do and you know, not having a boss <laughs> kind of thing because I actually got fired from working at a bank. And uh, prior to that, I thought I was going to be like, you know, be in corporate all my life. I really thought that um, I'm going to rise through the ranks. And I, I actually, before I went to university, I'm like, I'm going to try to get a job at a bank before so that by the time I'm out of university, I'll already have like four years experience. I'll be way ahead and stuff like that. But actually, as I was in university, I was working at the bank full time. I was going to school full time. Um, I got fired and I got fired for having a little side business and because when you work for corporate or really when you work for anybody, um, you have to fully dedicate your time to them and they found out that I had a little side business and they said, sorry, you breached a conflict of interest and although you're doing awesome, meaning you're meeting all your targets, um, it's against our, the kind of the contract you signed because it's, and that's when I learned that corporate and just business a lot of times it's very black and white so it's not whether like you're an awesome person or not it's just it's just policy right and i really want to kind of be an entrepreneur so i can create my own policies <laughs> and my own business and my own life and i really think that's what really entrepreneurship is about entrepreneurship is in a way of creating your own lifestyle and the four-hour work week was of course a huge inspiration to me, my wife, who's also my co-founder and partner in the business. And the business really just started out really humbly. We just wanted to make $1,500 a month um, each. So we make $3,000 together. I'm like, we'll live humbly. It'll be fine. And the business really just grew rapidly and organically um, because we were one of the first and, you know, I guess still are, um, in a way, a shop that has grown with YouTube and utilizing video to grow our website. 
That's awesome. You have lots of great things in there. I want to kind of break this down a little bit. So very interesting, uh, I guess, beginning to your your career, your entrepreneurial career, because I think other listeners out there might be in the same situation where uh, companies have started implementing this thing called, or not started implementing, but I've started seeing it more frequently called a moonlighting policy, which is that they don't allow you to moonlight, which is kind of crazy, right? Because you work, you know, typical, you have a third of your day, essentially, to, to a business, to another corporation, and then... You should be, you know, in my opinion, you should be able to do whatever you want outside of that. But there's obviously a lot of policies involved. So do you, if you were to give advice to somebody that is working a corporate job or working in a, a nine to five and wants to start a business on the side, are there ways to to avoid this? Like, are there ways to, I guess, talk to your your employer so that you don't run into an issue so that you don't get, I guess, fired while you're still trying to start a side business? Um, I'll say, <laughs> I'll, I'll give a really funny advice, but I give it every time I share the story is never um, do anything on your corporate email that you wouldn't want your bosses to see. Mm. Meaning, that's how I got caught. Meaning, I was, um, I would, you know, sometimes you talk to friends with your you know, corporate email and stuff like that. And um, the thing is, what I found out it was it was a really scary moment because, like, literally, like corporate security came up and was like, "Hey, like, we went through all your emails," and I'm like, "What?" Wow. <laughs> and so, my advice to anybody working corporate is that um, your email is being checked. Uh, just be aware of that. And if you're starting a business or talking anything that's outside of work, just recognize that um, it is being checked. And so, my biggest advice would be to anybody starting out: you can. Just do it very stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but most importantly, I would say, still, I guess another advice is still looking back. I still recommend, you know, I guess it's, it's a catch-22. I'm, I'm in a good place right now. But um, you can work for a business, whether it be a corporation or a smaller business, and give your all and really be successful that way. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, but I, I'm truly grateful for being fired. Mm. It is one of the greatest um, things that have happened in my life. When it happened to me, I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me because I'm like, oh my god, my life is over. Like I thought I was gonna be like an investment banker, and now my like resume is screwed and all that stuff. But uh, that's when I made a decision that you know, in this life, um, I will only be responsible for my own life, and that the only way to do that is to be a business owner. Yeah, that's definitely an eye-opening experience, whether you get fired, you get laid off, or you basically just lose that security or that security that you thought you had originally of, you know, climbing this ladder or staying in corporate all your life. But you had this, I guess, dream or this goal or this plan, it sounded like for a long time of staying in the corporate world. So when you got fired, I want to talk a little bit more about this feeling because I think others have gone through this where they get fired or laid off. Why not just... I guess, go back to the corporate world? Why not just find ways to get back? Like, why did you decide to go off and do something, you know, at least seemingly more risky? I guess at the same time, it was, it was a really great opportunity um, to explore because I still had two years of school left. And like I said, I was, even though I was in school full time and I was working full time, I'm just a little hardcore like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, you know what, instead of just jumping to another job, which I could do, Right, I could have just worked for a different bank and just you know still, you know I still was a good employee. I still met all my targets. I was still great, um, but I think it was it was just more of a realization that you know why not try? 
and give this a shot. Um, this is a different possibility. I've always kind of had, you know, if, if you're, especially if you're getting fired for having a side business, maybe it's like an inkling that you should have a mm. business. Um, so that's, that was my experience. Right, definitely. So this this side business that you had, it wasn't Luxy Hair, right? It was something, tell us a little bit more about, I guess, your previous entrepreneurial pursuits. Oh man, I had so many. Like I literally, I was, when I was like 10 years old, I was like selling flowers on the street and trying to get some money because I was an immigrant um, from Russia and we really didn't have money. So when I came into Canada and, you know, I would see kids have lunch money and stuff like that. And I'd be like, mom, I need money. And she's like, we don't have any. So go, I don't know, figure it out. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then my sister's like, oh, there's this guy. He can like hook you up some flowers. You just go in like strip mall plazas and he'll give you a bucket and you sell these flowers um, and by the end of the day, you split the commission, something like that. So that was like one of my first um, kind of hustle experiences, uh, which I'm really grateful for. And looking back, it's probably like, oh my god, like my mom could have probably like got like I don't know, child services called on <laughs> her, something like that. But um, once again, I'm super grateful for that experience. I think too many kids are like not given those raw, real experiences that will allow them to be more independent. And then my mom always talks to me now, it's like, it's crazy. Like, you always were independent when you're like, you know, 11 years old and think because you were always making money on the side. Um, and then, of course, like several other gigs. Then I got my real t- retail job when I was like 16. Like, okay, let's get a real job. And But the thing that I got fired for was actually me and my friend. Uh, he was also in university with me. Um, he had this thing where you know he was from Russia. He knew people in Russia who wanted cars, and at that time there was uh, like a currency um, kind of you know situation where it was very favorable for them to get a car from U.S., buy it, export it, put it together. So it would be kind of like these middleman brokers who would broker the deal, who would buy the car for them and ship it over for them, and you get like commission. Um, but it was like it's still like a service business. So it was, I think. The world of e-commerce and product was um, kind of open to me once I also kind of, because right after I got fired, it's not like I started a business right away, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of people miss this out even on our story. They think like, oh, he just started Luxy Hair and just became successful and like, and it, he just got lucky. Um, but prior to Luxy Hair and prior, there was a period of two years before Luxy Hair and since I got fired where I was just figuring it out. I was trying different things, meaning I was trying to do like a um, like a website design services agency. Like this is while you're all still in school, is that correct? Yeah, yeah okay. of course. But like I think school, like I don't know, especially university for me, like I never took it seriously. Um, so I, I didn't really fully embrace that experience. I would just like skip most lectures and just kind of do the exam and pass that and do great at that. I'm like, as long as I finish and I get the degree, I'm cool and I got the degree, it's all good. Um, To me, it's still kind of useless anyways. Um, But so what what I guess what what happened was I would just I'm like I would try these little service businesses so I would have like this website design agency on the side then you know social media was just blowing up meaning Facebook and YouTube and all these Twitter and all these tools I'm like wow this is really going to change um, a lot what's happening and I was trying to be like a social media consultant for like a year and I was a failed social media consultant meaning um, especially at that time it was very hard to sell your services. Because um, back then, even now, like, oh, they're a snake oil salesman, right? They don't know, have any experience, and they're trying to sell people on these mm-hmm. services. So, 
what happened was one of my friends, he, he had the startup and he was, you know, things were going well and he knew that I was doing the social media thing. And he's like, Hey, um, I'd like to hire you full time to do this stuff for, for us. And I'm like, hey, I wasn't doing so well anyways about myself trying to be a business owner or really, it's not really being an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, right? And I think that's a biggest misconception a lot of people have when they provide services mm-hmm. is that you're self-employed, you're not, you're not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is somebody who has a business who works for them while they do other things or they, they sleep, they, it's a machine, it's, it's a different kind of thing. And even after so many years, I'm still getting to that place. Um, and that's, that's a whole a lot of side story as well. But to finish that point, I guess, um, that when, and I took that job because I really needed money and I'm like, cool, I'll do it. I was like, really like employee number one. And that's where I really got to learn about e-commerce and product because he was actually doing it, meaning he was actually selling this product internationally. That's where I got to learn about fulfillment and, and shipwire and how do you import goods, how do you source goods from China, how do you do it. And like literally like in two months, I was able to learn everything about the business. Uh, like, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And at the same time, I was reading the 4-Hour Workweek. And the 4-Hour Workweek is a great mindset book. I think I'm still really grateful for that book because it, it shifts your mindset to the possibility of a different reality. Mm-hmm. And I've, I tried to do even some of those things while I was working for my friend, but it just didn't fly, meaning I couldn't work remote. Um, I, I tried to do it, but he's like, no, you're doing this too much. You got to step back. And then it came to a point where I was being, once again, very naive and young. I'm like, hey, like I'm going to like totally change your business with my social media strategy. I want equity in the business, like right off the bat. And he's like, no, I'm not going to give you equity. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to leave. <laughs> so I left. And I guess that was a real kind of also another turning point for myself where I'm, once again, I'm really grateful to my friend who, who took me in, who kind of showed me the way, and we, we're still friends now. He actually works, he does some consulting for us at the moment as well, so it's how the world changes around. Um, but once again, that experience was I learned in those two months working for this small, small startup business. I learned more about business than I did in my four years of university. And this is like why I'm, I recommend to so many people nowadays to go out and work for, um, you know, smaller companies, organizations where you can work directly with the founder because your learning curve is going to be so much higher um, than if you work for a big corporation or a big company where you just get slotted and you're like, you have a specialty and that's what you do. Um, so that's another, I guess, really great tip for many of you people. And I know so many people now try to apply and work for us because I give this advice um, and and now I have to try to actually catch people so they're not just coming to work for us just to learn um, <laughs> and, and more are there for the for the long haul. Awesome. So so you you were you know trying so many different things initially, right? And then you were mostly also focused on services, and then you basically almost took on this apprenticeship role where you came in, worked directly with with the founder. How long did this uh, did this I guess engagement last? And um, how did you know? Like, wh- how did you put yourself in a position where you were getting all the things you needed to to learn out of the I guess relationship? Oh, that's a great question. So I was literally, like I said, only there for two, three months. And I think most importantly, you have to be curious and you have to ask a lot of questions. And not only are you doing this for yourself, you're also doing this to um, do your job better. 
um, to actually excel in the company. Mm-hmm. Anytime even people who work for us who don't ask questions, I'm actually like, mm, why are you not asking questions? Right? Because it's a lot of people they, they don't want to look they don't want to look stupid, right? But I think at the same time, it's very important. I think it's a very good quality to not think that you know everything. And if you really do have questions, and you should have questions, especially when you're starting to work for somebody, is to ask as as many questions as possible. And you know, if the founders are are or people you're working with or your management are, you know, most likely they will be open because they want you to know and excel. A lot of times, they just don't even you know train you properly. A lot of times. And it's up to you, really. Like I said, whether you want to excel at a job or learn more about the business, you have to really take that onus onto yourself and be curious, ask questions. And, and that's what I did. I would, I would ask questions like, okay, how do you, even though my role was social media, I was, you know, you working for a startup, meaning you have to do multiple roles. Mm-hmm. I'd have to do customer service, I'd have to do some sales, I'd have to do some other things. And I would also ask him questions. I'll be like, okay, because I'm like, I need to know how the business works. Um, so just for, in order for me to do my role better. So, you know, how did you start this business? How do you source products? How do you do this? How do you pay tax? Um, <laughs> how do you, like, so just ask, ask questions. And like I said, that was the best school I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So you said something a little bit earlier that I think is um, really important to talk a little bit more about. You talked about the difference between being self-employed versus being a business owner. So can you talk a little bit more about this? Like, what are some of the biggest differences, or maybe even benefits, of being a business owner versus being self-employed? Um, yeah, I guess this is the one of the biggest learnings that I had to go through myself. And I think so many times people believe like. If you have a business, meaning if you provide a service, that's a business. You're a business owner, like you're an entrepreneur. Um, and they can be, you know, everyone's definition is different. Um, however, I have learned through just experience that um, being self-employed, you know, it's not for everybody. It's really difficult. And I think a lot of times even people starting out and having their own business, own business they don't really realize what they're getting themselves into um, because there is a lot of work that's going to come with it because we're all sold on this dream of, you know, especially now the entrepreneur lifestyle and what it is. And, and I'm part of it. I'm part, you know, you people who check out my Instagram or watch my YouTube videos probably think I'm traveling all the time and, and just <laughs> having a life. Self-employment. Yeah. Gl- glamorous yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. Glamorous entrepreneur, but you know, that's not the reality. Um, and, but I think especially most importantly, when you're self-employed, meaning when you provide a service of some sort, let's say you, you know, it was also like a dream of mine, even still is, like say, open like a cafe or a restaurant. You know, it's a very romantic idea. Yeah. Like, I love it. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like, if you open any physical business, like, you will, you, like, you're tied to that. You will not escape. Um, versus, of course, you can grow to a level where you put management in place and do everything like that, train people, get processes up in place and all that. Um, that's where you move into that next level. But most likely at the beginning, you will have to be heavily involved. And same thing with, like I said, same thing with even if, let's say me, I'm still um, at a level now where we're growing, we're putting people in place, we're hiring, we're creating structures and processes. Um, and even now, like I said, I, I live in London, right? <laughs> My team is in Toronto and we have, it's totally separate for me, meaning we have, you know, person who manages the team, who runs the team. Um, same thing for our other business, which is intelligencechange.com. Um, you know, 
same thing. Like uh, there's my partner, UJ, who runs a company there. So I think it's, it's that next level where it's not just about you. It's about building um, a team and having uh, people in place who can do things that, you know, they're way better than you at and you have to let go of control. And I think that's the biggest measure of, you know, becoming a business owner or, or becoming an entrepreneur is are you actually free? Right. And I think that's the biggest measure is like a freedom. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So what are you mentioned a little bit earlier about not a self-employment is not for everybody. Do you think that there are some common misconceptions about people that maybe are in the corporate world or working nine to five and then transition to self-employment and get hit by some realities that they might not have expected? Do you, can you think of any? Well, I think the biggest thing for a lot of people to realize, like I said, I was very fortunate that when I was starting out, I had a very low goal. But when we were starting out, we had a very little goal of how much money to, to make to replace our income to, for us, what was livable income. Because before, let's say I was, I was used to living on just, as a student, just living off, of, like, say, my part-time jobs or little gigs or, or even my full, even full-time job at the bank. Like, it didn't pay me even much. Like, at the bank retail level, you're getting paid, like, 30K a year mm-hmm. um, after tax you know, you're, you're making maybe like two grand or something yeah. like that. Um, so, but I was even put it lower. I'm like, what do I really need to live? And I'm like, you know, $1,500, if I make $1,500 clean, I'm good. Like that, that's all I really need. And especially if Mimi makes that, we combine our income, we live humbly in an apartment, like where we should be good. And most importantly for us is the freedom. And also why I'm, I'm talking about this is because for a lot of people, especially who are, are if you're going to step out of your, you know, close to, let's say, high, you know, five-figure or a six-figure job, you have to understand that you have to replace that income. And uh, just in order for you to replace that income, that means you have to generate a lot more income. Mm. Because when you run a business, there's a lot of costs associated with running the business. Let's say even with our business, we have actual physical goods, we have you know, we actually have to buy inventory. We have to move inventory. We have to pay for fulfillment. We have to do all that stuff. Plus, we have to, plus there's tax. So many people forget about tax. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many entrepreneurs starting out never think about tax. And you're like, hey, that's part of the equation as well. When you have to pay business tax, personal tax, these different taxes, and it's like, what are you really left with? And is this going to be worth it for you to leave your job? to possibly get paid less and do more, mm. right? And I think the most important thing for you to realize is that at, for some people, they will be happier making 30 grand instead of 60 grand and working more, but they have their own freedom, mm-hmm. right? Meaning they're the decision maker, they're the boss, and that's how they need to, that's how they live their lives. At, you know, for example, at this point, that's, I, like, I can't work for anybody, <laughs> and it's actually I call these people like myself like unemployable yeah. I remember even recently somebody was looking for a job and they were looking for a job to work for me so they can learn and I kind of sifted that out through the interview and I told them straight up you're unemployable meaning you, I, I can see that you want to be the boss and there's no problem with that but you have to recognize that and just do it meaning Yes, they'll, you'll have to sacrifice the current comfort or cushiness you might have of your job, of your, of your corporate thing. But in the end, you might actually be better off, meaning you'll be more fulfilled not having to answer to somebody, right? However, there's a different crowd of people, 
right? And what I'm saying is there's a, there's a different crowd of people. Like, I think most people forget when you are an entrepreneur or a business owner or self-employed, wherever you are, but when you work for yourself, meaning you have to call all the shots, you have to make all the decisions. I'm telling you, for most people, it is a lot easier to work for somebody than to work for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, as human beings, we're more, uh, it's, it's easier for us when somebody, because we've probably been trained over millennia, right, to be in a way of like, hey, do this. And somebody tells right. you to do it, you do it. But, but the thing is, when, you're, when you have your own business, you need to be a leader for yourself, even if you don't have employees, meaning you have to be, you have to lead yourself, you have to manage yourself, you have to manage your time when you come in, when you do this, because freedom is actually very tough to manage. And the same thing, even like one of our products where, you know, our other company, Intelligent Change, is the productivity planner. Like, I created the productivity planner. Like, people are like, oh, why'd you create this productivity planner? I created it for myself, (laughs) meaning I need a structure. I needed to, over the years, I need to create a structure for myself to allow me to work more efficiently. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, not efficient. Yeah, that, that all you're saying makes a lot of sense, you know, about how you, the entrepreneur, the self-employment, business owner lifestyle is seem, seems to be glamorous and everyone's, a lot of people are attracted to it, but it's not for everybody. So is there, are there any ways for you to tell if you are, you know, ready or if you are naturally, I guess, inclined to be better at being self-employed uh, before making the jump from, you know, something safer like a nine to five or a corporate job before you do it? Um, it's a, it's a tricky question. It's a very, I think, personal one, uh, because only individual themselves will truly know. And you really won't know until you jump in. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, once again, I'm very fortunate to be getting to, to that. I got fired because I had like, you know, I had some options, but I'm like, Hey, this is my opportunity to give this a try. I'm being strictly honest. Most likely, if I didn't get fired, I may not have a business, mm. right? I'm just mm. being like, I didn't know if I had the guts to actually do it, right? For example, my wife, Mimi, she probably had the guts, I'll be honest, right? Because then she, 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 we met at the bank together. That's how we um, kind of met each other. Was it at the bank where I got fired from? And, you know, she, she didn't get fired. And she then later on quit because she's like, you know, I'm going to do as well. I'm just going to do this and she did she made that decision um for me this decision was made for for myself and i think for many people it's it's a very personal thing i think the way the biggest way you can tell is just how do you feel working for somebody else right and if you have some sort of like a i don't know like a resentment or feeling of like hey this is not fair or like they're getting all the benefit. If you have any of that, mm. go work for yourself. At least even like try it out. So even if you, <laughs> even if it doesn't work out, you will then have a, a tremendous appreciation for uh, people who run businesses who even provide you a paycheck. Because you'll be like, holy crap, I didn't know it was that. Like, right. it, 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 like there's so much that takes. Because I think so many people now undervalue um, how much work it usually takes. And like I said, uh, I, what I tell so many people is that um, even now, I, this is a hot conversation, but I think the, the most important thing is people just, once again, it's 
they don't they can't put themselves into that their those shoes until they're actually there. And that's why I say you have to do it, especially if you're young, you have you know, if you if like if you have why I'm so grateful for my experience because I didn't have no dependencies. I was I was living with my mom. I can understand how it can be more difficult for other people to make this decision when you have kids, when you have a mortgage, when you have all this stuff. But especially if you have like, you know, <laughs> if you if you don't have the burdens of life that build up over time, right? And you have that opportunity and you're young, you definitely have to try it out. Um, just for yourself, if you have, once, once again, if you have that feeling of like, hey, the world is not fair, <laughs> right? Uh, um, I'm not getting my fair share. Because right. that's what happened. When I, when I asked my friend for equity, right? And I, and I would have been grateful for like 2%, right? But in reality, I didn't deserve it. I'm looking back now, I'm like, what a cocky guy. If, <laughs> if I did that to myself right now, if I had somebody who works for me and asked me for equity before they even produced anything for my business, I'll probably tell them the same thing. Or I'll tell them, hey, you know what? Let's let's figure out a plan where if you do produce something, there's a possibility of something. But before you've done anything, there's no point of even asking for anything or like, hey, I want my piece of my pie, right? <laughs> if you want that, go create your own pie. Right. I love that. I think that that's a great kind of uh, barometer to look at. Like, do you feel like you deserve more? Do you feel like you're not getting a fair deal when you are going to work for somebody else? But like you're saying, you can't really know for sure because there's so many things involved, so much work involved, so many things you have to be good at or, or that you have to like when you are starting your own business that you don't really know until you actually give it a shot. So, it sounds like you know your goal, and I think a lot of listeners out there, their goal is more and more freedom over time. And that's when you make that transition from just being, well, obviously, you know, being working in nine to five, work for somebody else, to working for yourself, and then ideally becoming a business owner. Is it possible to set yourself up so that you jump right into being a business owner rather, or do you always have to start off being a self-employed and creating your own job first and then transition out of it? No, I don't, of course not. I think anybody can... And we have examples of that in real life of of people who who even never were they never had a job, <laughs> right? And they just jump straight into let's say um, entrepreneurship or trying to have their own business, and many of them succeed. Um, still, there's there's li- there's many living proofs of that. So I I really don't think you need to do that. I just believe there's you can be way ahead if you are okay. With being a student, like I was with my friend, and just apprenticing. And I think so many people, including myself, miss out on that. Like even looking back now, like if I myself, for example, quit right now and go work for a bigger e-commerce company that, uh, than I currently have, I can probably like scale my business way quicker after. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny that 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 aspiration that you have is like a gift and a curse, right? Because you want to you want to own your own thing, you want to be working on your own stuff, but then it could also hold you back because you're missing out all these opportunities to work for somebody else that could teach you a lot as well. So it's funny that it's almost like a balancing act that you have to go through to find out what's the right balance of you know pursuing your own thing versus potentially you know being apprentice or working for somebody else. Exactly. And I think this is what so many of us today forget is the value of actually learning and learning from somebody else on their own dollar. <laughs> you know, getting paid like, to learn, yeah. Yeah, getting paid to learn. What I'm, what I'm saying is, and I'm, I'm saying you can do that for a longer time. Even, for, for example, people who work, let's say for us right now, 
you know, they are getting to be part of a company that's able to spend a certain amount of money, be at a certain level, and you know, you're able to do certain things that you wouldn't be able to do when you're when you have no money and you're starting out, for example, right? Um, you just wouldn't be able to experiment with such budgets. Or you wouldn't be able to reach such people as, for example, we can with you know, our YouTube or Instagram channels or anything like that. And that way you get to learn like, how do they reach that level? What do they do? And especially when you're really in it, you get to learn so much. And I think I, I, had a, you know, I have a really good friend who had a very successful company in Toronto and they had like, you know, he employed almost like 100 people. He was like, they're like big. They're making money, you know, seven-figure business plus. Like, uh, and now he like works for Facebook. Mm. And, and people would be like, 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 how is he working for Facebook? Yeah. Why is he doing that? But then I, I met with him and I also am like, dude, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, you don't have to work for somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he said, he said you know what? I'm, I'm just, and he's like, I guess I'm mature. I'm, ge- I'm getting older, but I'm realizing there's so much value in this to be inside this machine and learn from you know some of the greatest people. He's like, I'm, I'm like, it's like I'm actually like humbled by how smart the people that I'm working with. And sometimes I think it's important to uh, kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone and and do something radical like that. But I'm not saying you have to do that. But, but the point I'm trying to make is, for so many of us, we're just in this rush to succeed and succeed by ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I really believe there's so much tremendous value that you can have. Like, there isn't just a one way. It isn't just to become, you know, by yourself and to be an entrepreneur yourself. You can, like I said, you can either work for a smaller business where you can work directly with the founder, or you can go try to work for even a bigger organization and work your way up there and learn things there. But most importantly, it's like don't take those opportunities for granted because so many people, they just work and they just do what they're told and that's it. Mm-hmm. But in order to truly gain from that experience, you can't see that as a job. You have to come into and work for anybody and, and, and put yourself as an owner, meaning like, if this is my business, how can I contribute to the maximum ability uh, for me to actually grow this business? And when you do this, when you have the mentality of you're the owner of this business as well, and the, if it's the same thing if you would be an entrepreneur by yourself, but if you be able to learn so much faster because you are able to have tools that you're disposable that you may not have when you're alone. Because... You know, when you're still, when you, for example, work with Shopify, and I've I've been in their offices, like you just don't have those resources <laughs> when you're working by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and then when you do that, number one, even if you will rise in your career so much faster, because what there's not enough of is people who are owners who are taking leadership in charge of their position and what they're doing, and they're being curious, they're being students, they're learning, they're adapting. You will, regardless, you will get promoted and you will grow within an organization. And even if not, you will then learn certain things for yourself that that will then allow you to, when you're starting your own business, to learn from you know these processes. Let's say that let's say when you work for Shopify, that Shopify has certain processes or how they build. You learn from their own successes, or you work for a different e-commerce business and you understand what their thing is because. Like I said, if I haven't worked for my friends for those two months, I don't. I w- it would have taken me a lot longer to learn all those things 
through trial and error, through trying different things. But here I go into and I get put into a, a system that works, that is successful, that is already generating money and profit, and I get to see how business functions. And like I said, the biggest difference was just me saying like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for this experience. You know, thank you for my friend and thank you for just me being there and being able to utilize my time well spent while I'm there. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think the quote that I've heard about this, I think it applies here is that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, meaning that you don't want, you can only be as smart, you can only learn as much as the people that you surround yourself with. So if you get yourself into a situation, a job, an apprenticeship, and you are outside your comfort zone, you're not the smartest person anymore, that's the time where you can learn. That's the time where you actually get the most value because they're they're there, you know, to teach you things that you don't know. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the business now. It's, it's since uh, this is a you know, great kind of history on, on how you got to the position you're at today. So you guys started off, you said you had a goal of $3,000. You wanted $1,500 each. Was this before or after, because you know, I want, definitely want to talk about YouTube. So was this before or after the YouTube, um, I guess, uh, success? Um, no. So a lot of people asked, like I was just speaking the other day at, at this event, and one of the questions was also like, did the YouTube channel come first or was it the e-business? Like, was it the product? Right. And, and it was the product. It was the business. When you go to our website and you read our story, that is the actual story. Meaning, I was look, like, Mimi was looking for hair extensions for the wedding. And I was just looking, I was just, at that point, I, you know, I was reading a four-hour work week. I'm like, I need my muse. What's my idea? Because mm-hmm. I think for so many people, it's like, okay, great. You have this kindling that you want to be an entrepreneur. Or you want to have your own business. But what's going to be your idea? And for, I think that's one of the most important things for you to really the, the, to understand or to, to know. And Mimi just really came, you know, she was complaining to her sister Layla about how she was unable to find good hair extensions. I had no clue what hair extensions are. And I'm like, I was just once again curious, what are hair extensions? What do you need this for? What's the problem? And she would answer. And then bam, 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 we looked at it and I said, okay, wow, there isn't really anybody doing what, what the type of product that she wanted in the U.S. market. Um, and I'm like, hey, what would it cost to produce this? And because I had that experience of like now sourcing and, mm-hmm. of, of Alibaba and how to do that, and I'm like, okay, I quickly looked into Alibaba, see how much the product costs. I'm like, okay, cool, okay, this is the profit margin we can offer, we can sell it for this much. Um, we'll just do that. Cool. And then we just kind of said, like, let's do this. And, and I said, because still my social media background and I, I knew kind of what I believed would work. Like I said, I had no experience. That's why nobody was hiring me because I didn't have a track record. But I had a, a feeling that this is the future. This is how businesses will build themselves. And I said, we're just going to make videos. That you're going to provide value to people through you know, hair tutorials. And you and Layla, Layla is her sister, will create those tutorials if you guys want to be in business. And because we're all unemployed at that point, um, because I quit <laughs> at that point, um, and we were all not employed, and we, everyone said, yeah, cool, let's do this. And it, that's how it all started. It was just that, from those humble beginnings. That's awesome. So when you, how did, you, were you, did you see other people, other businesses doing this? Like how, or how did you know that YouTube was the, the, I guess, the platform that you would build uh, first? You know, because today there's just so many different platforms you can use how were you able to identify that YouTube was the right one for your business? 
the the reason we chose to go with this strategy was really I'll say you know my two virtual mentors that really inspired me were um, Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk. And what I mean by that, and Seth Godin always talks about providing value and creating your art. And the book Lynchpin has been one of the, it's probably my all-time favorite book. And Gary Vaynerchuk at that time, he was just starting out. And I think what he did with Wine Library and, and mm-hmm. creating that content was kind of like the predecessor um, to what is possible. And with creating, once again, unconditional content for people and then having a product on the back end. So I'm like, we're just going to do exactly that. We'll create hair tutorials every week and we sell hair extensions. Done. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, you know, it's, it's obviously this, I guess, content marketing approach of, of business is definitely proven to work and is defensible once you have a lot of kind of content. It's hard to replicate that same thing. But today, you know, people are really focused on PPC or just driving ads and focusing on, on that side of things. So the approach that you take, it sounds like, you know, obviously it's a longer road to get to actual sales because you had to build up all the content, build up the following. So what, what were the early days like, you know, because I'm assuming you weren't getting tons of sales at the very beginning beginning when you start a YouTube channel with you know zero subscribers like everyone else starts of course and I think that's the most, most this is the most important thing to know is that we all start with zero dollars zero subscribers mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think for us the most important thing is what's taking this more longer term approach and for us is that because we really didn't like selling um, what I mean by that is in business you have to sell and that's that you have to sell your product, you have to pitch it, you have to whatever. But we felt there was this new era coming in where you can provide value. And by providing value, you expose people and you get people to know you and then they'll, they'll become interested in your own product. So our game from the beginning was, you know, how can we provide content that people are looking for that we can then uh, redirect to our own kind of you know website, our product. Mm-hmm. So Mimi and Layla started making videos right away, meaning we had the idea, we talked about it. Next week, we already started making it. You can watch those first videos. Um, they're made on laptops, like web, laptop webcams. And in those videos, we just went, okay, what are people looking for? And Mimi would be like, okay, a lot of people are looking, for example, for reviews of products. So her first video ever was like a review of a hairstyling tool. And, you know, that video got some things and some views, and that's what people were looking for. And they would just create content that people would look for. And especially back then, how-to and beauty content, a lot of people were looking for that, you know. So how to style your hair or how to do makeup. And we chose to do just hair because we had a product that was hair-related. So we had to control a certain niche. And that's how really how we became, you know, one of the biggest hair channels on YouTube was just focusing on that, on doing that one thing that is relatable to our product. And through, you know, I have this little formula. I'll kind of quickly go through it because um, years after, I'm like, okay, what is it that made us successful in business on YouTube through our content strategy? What was it in our, especially just content strategy that allowed YouTube to grow? And it's, it comes down to these four things. So it's called, I call this formula QVCA. So first one is quality. 
when I talk about quality, like the quality doesn't have to be super high. Like I said, we started with laptops. A lot of times people are right now, you can start with like a pocket camera or your you know, iPhone 6, latest smartphone. It can be pretty good because on YouTube, the content that really connects with people is not super professional content. It's mm. not the content that's going to have like two, three camera angles because people go to YouTube for that personality. Like how do you consume YouTube? Like even yourself, like do you watch it on... Uh, mostly on your cell phone or your laptop. Do you watch it with a group of friends? I usually watch it on my cell phone. Yeah, on your cell phone by yourself, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. So, like, it's important to understand that most people, that's how they consume YouTube content, meaning the content has to be very personal. Mm. And that's why you don't have to get super fancy <laughs> on the content in a way of, of like multiple camera angles. Just keep it simple. And of course, when it comes to talking about quality of content, you have to be providing which is the second word, V, value, right? So first one is quality. Don't, you don't have to have super high-end. Also, you can't be too low. Like You still have to be able to hear, see, and all that stuff. But the second one is value. Most importantly, is like when you create content, you have to provide a lot of value. And most importantly, provide it unconditionally. Because so many people, and this is the, the problem once again with so many people, is that the biggest thing I can tell you right now about business and the biggest mind shift that I had personally is the moment, because before when you're unemployed or you don't have money, because this was my situation before, I would think like, how do I make money, right? Like, like I need this. This is a missing element in my life. How do I make it? But the thing is, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares mm-hmm. that you don't have money. No one's going to come to you and be like, hey, poor Alex, here's money. Yeah. You have to provide value into other people's lives. That's what, that's what business is. What is business? When somebody buys something from you, that means you're going to deliver them some sort of value. Mm-hmm. And they're then willing to exchange their money for what you're going to give them in terms of value. So you flip, we kind of flip everything on the switch and we just provide value unconditionally. Meaning, when we're creating our content, we never think like, what's the ROI of this content? We honestly don't think like that to this day. We just think of like, hey, how can we provide tons of value to people? And when we, and same thing through our website, same thing through our product, you know, anything else. Like we just redesigned our whole website. We had a pretty kick-ass website. We didn't have to do that. But we redesigned our website because we want to provide more value to the people who land on our website to be able to provide a better experience. So, right, that's why we do that stuff. And same thing with our content. We just create all this free content unconditionally. Like whether you need hair extensions or you don't need hair extensions, you're watching our content. Because we might be helpful to you. And maybe even if a person who never wants to buy hair extensions watches our videos and they get something out of it, they learn how to make a braid, and then their best friend is getting married and is like, hey, I'm looking for hair extensions. Guess what happens? Who is she going to remember? Is she going to remember some no-name shop that has never done anything good for them or provided them store of value? Or Mimi, who she watched her video and she learned how to you know, create a braid through her, you know, tutorial. And that's really, our business story has really just been built on us delivering unconditional value. However, the most important thing to keep in mind, these are the last two letters of the formula, so it's quality, right? Have decent quality, don't go too fancy. Value, provide tons of value to people. Third, consistency. This is what a lot of people miss out on as well, Mm. right? The reason, Felix, the reason you have a successful podcast is because you're consistent. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, you know, you put out a podcast, like how often? Uh, twice a week. 
twice a week. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, well, we've been putting out podcasts for two years straight. Two years straight. So think about it. us at Lexi here. We've been putting out a video pretty much every week for the last six years. Yeah. So when you look at like why they, it's not luck, we're not just successful because we're lucky, right? We're successful because we're consistent and we're consistent at driving value to people. And same with you, right? You're consistently delivering people information, value. And that's why people find you and they look out for you. That's why you now work with Shopify directly because you created tons of value and you have consistency. And on top of consistency is also talking about consistent content, meaning if you're going to especially connect something with a business, you have to have some sort of a niche. So for you, for example, you created a niche around yourself by being, you know, Shopify masters, right? Like you're, you're, you have a niche on Shopify or just like e-commerce stores. That's your niche. Mm-hmm. We had a niche that's just Luxie hair. It's all about hair. And we were then be able to carve out a niche for ourselves and become known for the hair people, right? Who know about hair and we sell hair products. Sweet. So that consistency plays an important role. But the last important piece that has made our content really successful, and I believe it's the same reason why your content is successful or any other people who have been successful. So we have quality, we have value, we have consistency. The last piece, authenticity. And what do I mean by that? Is that when we create content, we generally, like Mimi generally still cares about the content she makes. Like, her whole strategy is like, hey, I'm learning something and I'm going to teach you while I learn mm-hmm. this as well. And it's authentic to her. Mimi doesn't pretend that she's the, the greatest hairstylist, right? Or she has like, she's certified and she's worked in a salon. Mimi has no hair experience, but she's authentic and just saying, hey, I'm just a regular person like you. I'm learning here and I'm just going to teach you uh, this hairstyle that I've learned recently. Boom, right? And that by itself that genuine interaction and authenticity, most people come watch our videos, not even for hairstyles. They just come to watch to interact with Mimi for that authentic kind of relationship that we, that we have built over the years. Yeah, I love that, that, that you talk about how people go to YouTube for relationships and not just for you know, content or learn things. They go there and like you're saying, sometimes they'll go and not even necessarily not care, but they might not even be going to learn the tutorial. They just go to hear Mimi talk or just to have that, that weekly check-in with her because you have that relationship. I love that that you point that out because you know, a lot of times when people think about creating content, you think about how do I create value? You know, value is definitely key is one of your yours in the QVCA formula, but then you have to build that relationship. You have to build that connection with your, you know, your audience or your 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 fans essentially. Exactly. And I think for us, like I've, I've also talked to a lot of people who watch our stuff, and I'm like, how do you usually? I'm always curious. I'm like, how do you watch our content? Like, where are you? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, I'm just at breakfast, and I like I'm alone, so I just want the company. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like cool. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, it's 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 surprising, but I think this is what so many people, especially in business, miss. Right? Yeah. You miss. You try to be all professional and corporate and all that stuff. But you can do that. It's cool. But I believe we there a thing that you can people can do, especially people who are starting out, is be authentic and genuine with your story <laughs> and how you're starting out, because people are a lot more likely to help you out if you're honest and you're like, "Hey, I'm just starting out building out this business. <laughs> I'm just figuring it out." And yeah. it's it's surprising to me as well. Trust me, 
it's still surprising. Like when you look at our first website, you're like, who the hell would ever order from this website? <laughs> oh no, I'm honest, right? I'm like, like now you look at us, we're all fancy and stuff, right? We just spent a ton of money on our website. Like it's expensive. But you don't, like the thing is when uh, so many people, especially when you're starting out, you always have to look at the beginning of like anybody. I'm sure even Shopify's first website sucked. Right, and they'll probably look back and cringe on their website. And I'm like, oh, like I don't know, like our website's way better now. Yeah, obviously you have like 500 plus staff and and like crazy little people running around doing all this amazing stuff. But at the beginning, the the thing that you have is your authentic story, and you say like like let's say if you Shopify, like you know we had our own store, we weren't happy with the platform providers that were there, so we created our own platform. That's a powerful story. And I think another powerful thing that so many e-commerce owners that don't do, they don't put their story on their product page, mm-hmm. on their like website. I'm telling you, one of our like our like if you, you I'm sure if you can go on Google right now and just type Luxy hair, L-U-X-Y dash hair. And you know Google populates like you know the popular pages that are on a website. You'll see our story is like one of the most popular pages on the website. Yeah, right next to shop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I would say that page is what helps us convert so much. And that's why we expanded on it now with our new redesign. But even the story that you see there is the same story we had when we started. And it's real. That, that's the story. And I think one of the, once again, biggest things you can take away if you're an e-commerce or you're starting out e-commerce is share your story, it's for, especially if it's authentic. But if yeah, your story is like, hey, I just want to make money. Well, maybe that's not the best story. Really dig deep to ask to why you're bringing this product into life. Which a little segue as well, like for so for so many people who don't know what kind of business they should even do, create a a, a business out of a problem you have you in your own life. So hair extension is not a problem I had in my life. <laughs> it's not my problem, but it was a problem that Mimi had. And through creating this business, we solved that problem. And we most likely, if you're solving your own problem, you're going to solve a lot of people's problems in the world. Yeah, it definitely becomes a lot easier when you are your own customer because you don't have to spend so much time figuring them out because they are you or they are, in this case, Mimi. So you don't have to spend so much time in the early days learning more about them because you already have them inside your company. So just kind of you know get, close up on, close out on this and just give the, the listeners an idea of how much success there's been. You know the 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 Luxy Hair channel itself as closing up closing on in on like three million subscribers. You guys also have your own channels, Alex. You have one over 100,000. Mimi has another one over 500,000 subscribers. So this QVCA model, I, I love it. I love that you broke it down like that. I think it makes a lot of sense. So for people out there that are thinking about putting their story out there, thinking about finding ways to connect more with with their, uh, or find people to connect with, uh, either through YouTube, or let's say specifically with YouTube, is it, uh, here's, here's a lot, is it still possible to get started today when it's, you know, quote unquote, so saturated in that market? And if so, like, how do you, I guess, get yourself to stand out in the crowd? Um, that's a great question. I think when we started, people were saying it was too saturated. <laughs> and I think, no matter what, it'll always be like that. Even in business, if you're starting a business, it's too saturated. There's too many businesses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I think the way you stand out, whether it be in business or on YouTube or on Instagram or any, any of these pl- social platforms, 
it goes back to that last piece of the QVCA formula is authenticity. I'm telling you, the best way to win in business or on YouTube and to grow is to be authentic and just be your authentic self. Authenticity is actually lacking in our world right now. Mm. Meaning people are going to a lot more likely, the reason people watch us is because they still feel that we're genuine. They feel that we're for real. Like when I'm talking to you here, like I really don't like, this is me. I don't really have anything to hide. You'll, when you watch my channel, I'm the same guy. Yeah. Right? When you meet me, I'm the same guy. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you straight. And I think with that, um, and this is so reason, like same thing, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, he's really successful right now. He's, he's really on point and trending because he's just being himself. He's not perfect, right? And he doesn't try to be perfect. And, and I think the, so, the, the important thing is same thing when you create content. Don't try to be Gary. Don't try to be me. Don't try to be me, me. Just be you, mm. right? And so many of us are afraid to be ourselves. And hey, I'll tell you that. It is six years later, I'm still working on myself. And that's the, the most important thing to figure out is it's not like you're going to find your authentic voice right away. But as long as you're putting yourself out there and you're willing to put it on the line and be a little risky and, and don't try to always be perfect, make mistakes, and that's okay. Um, even be public about, like I'm saying, one thing we did with our videos at one point, we started making them very like polished and edited. And it was like nothing. And then we actually saw a loss of engagement. And then we're like, what's going on? And then we figure out that people actually like the bloopers. People actually like when your English is not perfect and you make a mistake. It's fine. And of course, yes, it has to be clean to a certain point, but uh, still leaving out that touch, that quirk that you have is very important. Mm, awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. So LuxyHair.com, L-U-X-Y-H-A-I-R.com is the website. Where else should uh, folks go check out if they want to follow along with what you're up to, what LuxyHair's up to, what Mimi's up to? Um, yeah, I've produced vlogs at least, I'll say, one or three times a week mm. as well on my channel. So you can find me on YouTube, Alex Icon. So it's A-L-E-X-I-K-O-N-N. And same thing for Mimi, so Mimi Icon. Um, if you want to watch some hair tutorials, Luxie Hair. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm Snapchatting these days as well sometimes. So, yeah, so you, I'm, I'm available. And then, yeah, you can really follow our journey. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll link all that in the show notes. Again, thanks so much for your time, Alex. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com slash masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial.